We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. It's game day. Lakers versus Blazers tonight. The in-season tournament continues so far. The Lakers 2-0 in group play. Can they make it 3-0 and pick up a much-needed win up in Portland? This is the LakersNation.com podcast. Welcome in. Those of you joining over on our YouTube channel, make sure you guys hit the subscribe button over there, as well as podcast listeners on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We certainly would appreciate a five-star rating from you guys on the podcast side. So I've got a lot to get into today. By the way, I'm Trevor Lane. For those of you who may be new to the show, you guys can find me on X at Trevor underscore Lane. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got the Lakers injury report to get into, which unfortunately is always a little bit more lengthy, lengthy than what we want. And we also got an update on a couple of players today that we need to discuss, specifically Gabe Vincent and Jalen hood Shafino. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk, of course, about Lakers, Blazers tonight, what the Lakers need to do in order to get the win in this one. Also, should the Lakers really be looking for a third star? And of course, I'm referring to Zach Levine and the rumors that have been flying about the Lakers somehow being connected to him. We'll get into that as well. Plus, we'll open up the mailbag to close out the show. So let's get things started here. And again, I I wish this was the shortest segment on the show. I wish I could just say the Lakers injury report is blank because nobody is hurt. But that is not the case. Not the case at all. In fact, there are uh, a number of players who are still hurt for the Lakers here. Take a look. Those of you who are watching on YouTube, I'm going to put up the NBA's official injury report. Um, this is what has been submitted to the league right now. Anthony Davis listed as probable. He's playing. We know that's going to happen. LeBron James listed as questionable. Those are the two guys that we most want to know about, of course, heading into the game uh, tonight against the Blazers. So LeBron listed as questionable. Look, AD probable. I'm not worried. Yeah, his hip is still bugging him, but he's going to be okay. Uh, he'll he'll play. LeBron, questionable. I would also think he's going to play. It's it's an in-season tournament game. Um, I don't think he wants to upset Adam Silver, and the Lakers are coming off a loss. It's also not the second night of a back-to-back, and he just played on the second night of a back-to-back coming off an injury. So even though he's on the injury report, it's questionable. I think he's he's playing in this one. Now, Jalen Hood-Shafino, Jared Vanderbilt, Gabe Vincent. 
three players who are all listed as out for the Lakers, but we do have some updates here. Now, Jared Vanderbilt, we know he's in his return to play progression mode. So right now he's ramping things up. Well, now he's not the only one. Jalen Hood Shafino, who's been dealing with a knee contusion. We haven't seen him at all this season. He is now cleared to start ramping things up in order to return to play. Now, that doesn't mean I know there's a lot of fans right now saying he stinks. Don't play him. I've seen all the negative comments about Jalen Uchifino out there, but I don't expect him to get a lot of minutes with this Lakers team. I don't expect him to, to see much floor time, but uh, I've seen the reaction out there of, well, it doesn't matter whether JHS is healthy or not because he's not going to play. Well, no, it very much does matter. It does matter whether or not he's healthy. Why? Because at the very least, you want him getting reps. You want him growing. You want him learning. And, and that may be happening in the G League. It could be happening in garbage time during Lakers games. But the bottom line is in order for him to learn, in order for him to grow and continue to become a better player, he needs to be out there on the floor. So does it help them a lot this season? Probably not. But we were saying from the get-go that this would probably be kind of a redshirt season for Jalen hood Shafino. So this is good news that he is healing up and that he is going to return to play because that means he's going to have an opportunity to gain experience and to get better. If you want to see the Lakers get a return on that 17th pick, you need him out there progressing and continuing to improve. So this is good news for the Lakers. Doesn't mean it's going to help them this season unless perhaps Jalen hood Shafino shows something and you know, maybe you go from there or maybe he becomes something for a, 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 a piece in a trade, right, at the trade deadline. So JHS getting on the right track, it is an important thing. It actually does matter to the Lakers, even if we're not expecting him to be a contributor on the floor this season. Now, the other update that we got, and boy, I saw a lot of frustration from Lakers fans on this one. Uh, Gabe Vincent, he will be reevaluated in two weeks. That's what his reevaluation said. So Gabe played four games for the Lakers. So the Lakers have now played 12 games. So we haven't seen Gabe in a few weeks. And he played the first four games, and then he had knee effusion, swelling in his knee. And uh, and the word was, okay, he's going to get reevaluated in a couple of weeks. Well, here we are a couple of weeks. He gets reevaluated, and the word is he's going to get reevaluated in a couple of weeks. And so that's why I always stress, and people roll their eyes and get sick of me saying it, but I always stress reevaluate does not mean return. If you're expecting a player back on their reevaluation date, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. In the case of Gabe Vincent, his reevaluation said, yeah, he's making progress, but he's not there. So we still need to give him a few more weeks and see what's going to happen. For Jared Vanderbilt, his reevaluation date became, okay, he's looking good. Now he can ramp up. So again, we should never look at reevaluation as meaning return because it simply doesn't. But Gabe Vincent out a couple more weeks. That means we should see more of the Cam Reddish in the starting lineup situation for the Lakers with Austin Reeves off the bench. And, and I think we probably see this even when, when Gabe returns. But this more confirms that you need to stagger D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves' minutes as much as you can because you don't have another ball-handling guard that you can put into the mix. You're very reliant on D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves. Once again, Jalen Shafino is somebody who is a ball-handling guard, not ready to play right now, but even he's not available at this point. So I, I would assume this means we're going to see more of the Cam Reddish starting lineup with uh, Austin Reeves coming off the bench, which has been pretty successful overall for the Lakers, so not a surprise. But here's the thing. you know, Tonight, we've got this, this matchup with the Blazers, and check out their injury report. Yeah, it's pretty lengthy, too. 
pretty lengthy. I mean, look at this. We've got Scoot Henderson. He's out, still dealing with an ankle sprain. That's that's a big one. Anthony Simons, who can absolutely light it up. He's out. Right thumb ligament tear. Robert Williams, his season is over. Had knee surgery. That I mean, those are those are significant pieces. And then Malcolm Brogdon, left hamstring string strain. I mean, these are good players. So this Blazers team, not only is this Blazers team not up to par with the rest of the Western Conference, but they're missing four of their better players. Robert Williams, Anthony Simon, Scoot Henderson, and Malcolm Brogdon. Four of their main guys are out for this game. So again, not only is this a Blazers team that is in rebuild mode coming off of a Damian Lillard trade, but this is a Blazers team that's in rebuild mode and very injured on top of that. Now, playing in Portland is never an easy thing. And if you longtime Lakers fans know what I'm talking about with that, but this is a game the Lakers should win tonight if they get out there and they have the requisite effort, energy level in order to do so. If they don't, look, the Blazers actually played them fairly close last time these two sides met. If they don't come out with energy and effort, you know Portland's going to be fired up to see the Lakers. That fan base is going to be fired up to see the Lakers. They see the Lakers as a big rival. I know Lakers fans don't feel the same way about the Blazers, but it's a thing, right? That arena is going to be rocking. So if the Lakers don't show up with energy, with effort, with hustle, like we saw against the Sacramento Kings, they, they just they look flat. If that's something that continues, they could drop this game to Portland. But if they do show up and do the things that they should do in a basketball game and, and play at a competitive level for four quarters and not just half a quarter, then they should win this game. And again, in the in-season tournament, so far it's treated the Lakers pretty well. And I'll say this league-wide, the in-season tournament, as much as people were not thrilled with it, were not happy about it, I think it's actually amped up the level of play. I think we've seen players, they're not playing as though their lives depend on the game or anything like that, but they're taking it seriously. They are competing. I think we are seeing better basketball in these tournament games. So if that's the case, and Anthony Davis mentioned that, yeah, the $500,000 prize, that is actually a motivating factor for these guys. So assuming that's the case, I, I think we're going to get a, a pretty locked-in Lakers team uh, coming up tonight against the Blazers. And hopefully that means they're going to get a win and be 3-0 in tournament play. Not that I care so much about the, the in-season tournament. It doesn't, like, hey, it would be nice to see the Lakers win the inaugural tournament, but I'm not going to worry about that all that much. But what matters is putting a win on your record. See, the games that we're seeing right now, it's easy to just dismiss and say, well, you know, whatever. It's November. They've got, got plenty of time. The NBA season doesn't really start till after Christmas anyway. No, you know what's going to happen is come the end of March, into April, we're going to be looking back at right now saying, man, was it what a mistake they made back then because right now dropping that game where they just kind of didn't show up for is really hurting them in the standings. You've got to bank all the wins you possibly can, especially in what's going to be a very deep, very difficult Western Conference. I think tonight is an opportunity for the Lakers to put a win in the bank against the Blazers. It's a game they should win and therefore they must win. My philosophy with the NBA, with getting where you want to be in regards to playoff seating, it's not about beating the big teams. It's not about beating your main rivals or, or your playoff contenders. No, it's about beating the teams you're supposed to beat. If you consistently beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and then every once in a while you sprinkle in a win against one of the big boys, you'll be just fine in the NBA in terms of playoff seating, and that's exactly what the Lakers need to do. Speaking of which, one of the things that's worth noting is that 
when we look at the Lakers' uh, schedule so far, one of the criticisms of this team is that they haven't really beat any good teams. And I think that's a fair criticism, especially when we look at you know even the teams that are expected to be good, like the Phoenix Suns. The Lakers beat them twice without their guys, right? Without without Devin Booker, without Devin Booker and Bradley Beal one time. So you look at their, and uh, I'll just put it up on the screen here for uh, for YouTube viewers. You look at what they've done so far. I think this is actually a, a fair criticism of this Lakers team right now. They have largely beat up on the teams that they're supposed to, which that's to their credit. That's what they should be doing. But it leaves you kind of wondering, can they hang with a better team? So they start off the season with a loss to Denver. They they beat a diminished Phoenix team. They lose to a good Sacramento team. They've lost to that Sacramento team twice. The first time, obviously, went to overtime. They beat an Orlando team that's not expected to be good, but I think it's better than people realize. They beat a Clippers team that's expected to be a playoff team. Okay, so there, there's a win over a team that's, that's pretty good, right? Um, or expected to be pretty good. Now, they've lost a bunch of games, though, since adding James Harden, which I, I'm not sad about, but there you have it. Then they lose to Orlando. They lose to Miami. They lose to Houston. Okay, a few of those are a little surprising that they did that. Then they beat Phoenix, but again, it's a Phoenix team without some of their guys. You beat Portland, you beat Memphis. Portland and Memphis, both two of the you know not good teams in the Western Conference. And then you lose to Sacramento. So you don't really see like a statement win it's not like they came out and they beat the hell out of denver on opening night or something like that that changes that whole narrative and i'm not saying this is a death knell for the lakers or this is a big problem something to get super concerned about because frankly look the game against memphis right the lakers shot insanely well if they did that against any team they're winning they shoot that way against denver opening night and you can say well denver's defense is better true but if they shoot at a higher percentage against denver opening night they win that game right they're not losing to anybody if they shoot the way they did against Memphis. I'm not saying that that's possible. I'm not saying that they should shoot that well. Again, they set a franchise record in terms of made threes, or they tied the record anyway. What I'm saying is, if that heater performance happened to come against one of the better teams, then this narrative that, oh, they can't beat the good teams probably doesn't exist quite so much. We are still very much in small sample size territory. Not saying it's something to worry about. It's just something to keep an eye on, right? Because we kind of, the, the measuring stick games Sacramento, Denver, the Lakers have, you know, Miami, the Lakers have come up short. Some of them very close though, losing overtime to Sacramento, lose by one to Miami. You know, you had a chance to win it. Uh, Cam Reddish missed that, that shot late, but then you've had some blowout losses, blowout loss to Orlando, blowout loss to Houston. And again, you've suffered a lot of injuries. So um, it's something to keep an eye on, but I also say this, and by no means am I saying this team is on the path towards being a winning a championship. But this criticism was out there about the 2019-2020 Lakers as well. In season before the world shut down, that's part of why it was such a big deal that right before everything closed shop, they beat Milwaukee, they beat the Clippers. Those were the two teams that were seen as their other legitimate contenders for the title, and they beat both of them. And that had been the criticism, that the Lakers were beating up on bad teams and they weren't beating the good teams. So this is a familiar narrative, but nonetheless... Something to keep an eye on because so far that it has largely held true that they're beating either weakened teams or not the top tier teams. And when they are running up against tougher competition, they're losing. So again, something to keep an eye on. All right. Again, Lakers Blazers. I don't have a ton of analysis for this game. 
like it's all the same old you know don't don't lose the first quarter we've seen the lakers struggle there did that again against the sacramento kings and keep your opponent off the offensive glass that can be a big big problem it's something that has reared its ugly head many times throughout this season already and as long as you can do that you should be just fine in this game take care of those two things and of course you know shoot a decent percentage generate some some decent offense the last time the lakers played the blazers they won the first quarter by 3 31 to 28 and they won the offensive rebounding battle 7 to 5 they do that again they're going to be in pretty good shape in this one, the Blazers did shoot 50% from the field and 35% from three last time they played the Lakers. So they didn't um they didn't do anything that they didn't do enough defensively to slow down the Blazers. So I would like to see some improvements there. But other than that, I think this is a game where the Lakers should take care of business. Should, but again, there's a reason why we play the games. So the Lakers have to get up there to Portland. They've got to approach this game with the seriousness that it requires and put forth the energy and effort needed in order to win the game. We also need a bounce back for Anthony Davis, but I'm going to get a lot of questions about him when I open the mailbag. So we'll talk about that in just a moment. But let's talk before we get into the mailbag or any of that stuff. Let's talk a little bit about whether or not the Lakers should trade for a third star. This is something that you know, especially when they were struggling, when they were on that three-game losing streak, there were a lot of fans in LA that were saying they should they should get another star. You need another guy. You know, the guy, look, LeBron missed some time. AD missed some time. You need another guy. And I'm wary of that. I feel like in, in sports in general, sports media in general, we can be uh, a little too reactionary at times. We can just get caught up in the moment. The Lakers win win a game and everything's great and this, the depth is paying off and this team can win a championship and they lose a game and it's the depth is terrible and trade everybody and get rid of all the players, right? Um, that's what can happen, right? In, in, in just the sports fandom world, even sports media, right? Because we all have to react. We all have to have a take on something every single time something happens and like you guys know, my, my background is in, in history. That was what I studied. That was what I taught. And so I tend to look at things from a bigger picture perspective. I want to step back and see things over the course of time, see how things develop, see how things change. And so I try not to be too reactionary in the moment, but I do think when we're looking at this question of whether or not the Lakers should trade for a third star, I think obviously it's going to set off some, some red flags because the last time we saw the Lakers do this, it led to the most miserable season in Lakers history. And that was that season with Russell Westbrook and a bunch of old role players that just did not work out at all that was awful that was a joyless season and so of course we're going to think about that when we think of a third star coming into the lakers that said just because that past situation where the lakers were trying to add a third star didn't work out doesn't necessarily mean that it's the incorrect course of action now uh, especially when we're looking at a future that ultimately could be without lebron james and we don't know look lebron has a player option this summer he could follow Bronny to whatever NBA team drafts him. He could decide to retire. He could decide he wants to go to some other team. I don't expect that to happen, but it's possible, right? So if you're the Lakers and you're looking at a future that could, at some point, is going to be without LeBron, um, especially now that you've committed to Anthony Davis, I do think you need to find another guy at some point. It may not be right now. Right now, you may say, look, we're going to rely on our depth. And then moving forward, once we're in a post-LeBron era, we'll deal with finding another guy. We'll deal with finding another star to put with AD. I think it's fair to say 
And I know a lot of people are frustrated with Anthony Davis right now. But I think it's fair to say that he's not a 1A guy that you can just have him and a bunch of role players and everything's going to be fine. Right? We think back to like prime LeBron, right? 2013, even 2018 LeBron. You could surround him with a bunch of role players. You're going to be damn good. Uh, Giannis, you could surround him with a bunch of role players. You're going to be pretty good. Jokic, right? Um, and not to say that those ga- th- these guys, their games aren't enhanced by having other good players with them. They certainly are. But AD and a bunch of pretty good role players, guys who are the depth pieces the Lakers have, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, Ruby Hachimura. Like, how good is that team really going to be? Probably not that good. Probably not. They'll be okay. They'll be just all right. But they're not going to be top 10. They're not going to be winning a championship or anything like that. So at some point, you're going to need to go get another guy. You need to go get another player, preferably somebody who can score the basketball. And of course, this leads us into Zach Levine and the rumors that the Lakers are indeed interested in adding Zach Levine, potentially trading for him. Now, over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, Keith Smith and I broke down all of it. Um, all the ins and outs of trading for Zach, Zach Levine. We spent about 20 minutes looking at what the Lakers could trade, what that might look like if they were to try to do a deal for Zach Levine. What if they don't? Uh, what if they decide Zach Levine, it costs a little too much to trade for him, and instead they pivot and they go after DeMar DeRozan? Or what about Alex Caruso? What would that look like? So we really went in-depth into all of this. So I would recommend... If you want more information on what the Lakers can and can't do on the trade market, go listen to that uh, video. Go watch that video. Lakers Nation YouTube channel. We did a little mini front office show for Lakers Nation, breaking all of that stuff down. So again, check that out on the Lakers Nation uh, YouTube channel. But the the short version is is simply this, that if you're going to go trade for a third star, if you're the Lakers, you're going to have to cash in a lot of chips. And you don't have a ton of chips to cash in to begin with. Now, I think by signing the contracts they did over the summer, Rui and D'Lo and Austin and Vando and all that. And by the way, Vando can't be traded this year. But all of these guys, you've given yourself some very tradable pieces, whether it's at the trade deadline, which is February 8th, whether it's next summer, whenever. When you decide that this is the time to go add some uh, a top-tier guy, you've got the contracts that you can stack up to make the math work and get it done. The question is, is Zach Levine the guy? Is he the guy you should you should get? Because you can do it once. You can only do it once. You can only stack up, say, Rui and D'Lo once. And D'Lo's a free agent this summer. It can be. He's got a player option. So that's something to consider as well. But if you're the Lakers and you're going to go down this third star path again, which I think you can make the argument, you got to be really certain that whoever you go get is going to fit this time not the way Russ did, and that you leave yourself enough left over in terms of depth to where, once again, you're not in a situation where it's LeBron, AD, third mystery third star, and the rest of your roster is veteran minimums. We found out that that it doesn't work so well in today's NBA. And we'll see. The Phoenix Suns are challenging that model, right? Are challenging that, saying, no, we can do it because Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, they're going to fit together much better than what the Lakers had with Russ, LeBron, and AD, whose skill sets don't really fit, particularly Russ doesn't fit with those two. Um, And so we're going to make it work. We're going to do all veteran minimums in in this big three, and we'll see how they do. But for the Lakers, we've been down that path. So you got to be really careful that if you're going to do that, and I think at some point that move is coming, it's going to happen. But if you're going to do that, that move needs to be the right one. And so if you're the Lakers, you have to ask the question, 
Is Zach Levine the right move? Is that the move that's going to get you to where you want to go? So um, I do want to get into the mailbag. We'll get there in just a moment. But first, let me give a shout out to our sponsors, and that is Game Time. Uh, buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful, and with Game Time, it doesn't have to be. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They have killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. I just used Game Time a few weeks ago, took my daughter to her first NBA game. She loved it. She got herself on the Jumbotron because she was dancing her face off. She had an absolute blast, and Game Time made it super, super easy to bust out the tickets on my phone, get right in, no problems. Super, super simple. Using the Game Time app, you get images of your seats before you buy. You know exactly what you're getting before they even arrive. And once again, they get sent directly to your phone so you don't have to dig through your email or anything like that, which is never fun. When you're at the front of the line, it's time to it's time to show your tickets to get in. The line's backing up behind you and you can't get your email to open. Yeah, not something you have to worry about with Game Time. Uh, so you can snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LakersNation for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LakersNation for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Also, want to give a shout out to underdog another one of our our sponsors on the show it is the easiest place to play fantasy sports and the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry their pick them games which is my favorite a lot of fun all you have to do is pick whether your favorite player will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night and you can have between two and five players to build a pick them entry so if you have the opportunity, say, to go over onto Underdog, you can check it out. You can even make some selections for tonight's Lakers versus Blazers game. And again, all you got to do is super simple. All you got to do is pick higher or lower, and they have all kinds of different stats that you can choose from on there. It's super, super, super easy. So sign up today with promo code LakersNation. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. Don't forget to register with the promo code LakersNation to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Are you concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. So let's jump into the mailbag to finish things off for this show. Uh, the comment says, LeBron's lazy defense offsets his 28 points. You know, LeBron hasn't been the most active player on the defensive side of the ball. He's missed some box outs and things of that, that nature. But given how well he's still playing offensively, I think I can forgive him. We also know that when LeBron needs to turn it on defensively, no, he's not the same guy that he once was. He's not the guy that locked down the MVP version of Derrick Rose late in the game. That's that's not what LeBron is anymore, but he still certainly has another level that he can take it to defensively. He just He's not going to do that in the regular season. So, And I understand the thought process behind that. Masi said, Rui needs to start Prince to the bench. The problem is I think that that Rui is, Rui is more of a 3-4. Prince is more of a 3, but it can also defend 2s. So that's part of the challenge there. I, I do think that Rui... In a vacuum, which player's better right now? It's it's Rui, but and I don't think it's that close. But in terms of Rui's abilities, 
to score off the bench. I think that is a necessary skill set. If it's me, I'm just feeding more minutes to Rudy. I don't have a problem necessarily with Prince being in the starting five because I do think that Prince is the more dangerous three-point shooter, even if the stats don't show that right now. I think over the long haul they will. But um, I am, if I'm the Lakers, I'm okay with Prince still starting, but more minutes need to be fed to Rui. That's that's the way I see it. Uh, Lil Chris said, we lost when Ham put D'Lo and Austin in in the first quarter. Well, he tends to try to go small against smaller teams like, like the Kings. He tried to go small against them last time they played too. You can argue, well, he should just go big and force the other team to adjust to you, but that's just not the way he's played it. Face reality. LeBron hasn't scored in single digits in 20 years. AD, no excuse. It was certainly frustrating to see AD only put up nine points and just not look good. Again, against a, an opponent that really he should do well against. That's Sabonis. I mean, he should be able to score on Sabonis when he wants. The Kings did a nice job denying the entry passes, but still, it's tough to see. Moon Music said Anthony Davis played like Tony Snell today. Ouch. <laughs> wow. Mama Mentality said it's throwing the ball straight to the Kings' hands. Part of being tired from a back-to-back -back game or carelessness. Lots of lazy passes today. So on one hand, yes, the Lakers are being lazy with their passes. You also give the Kings credit for jumping passing lanes. I thought they were doing a great job anticipating where the Lakers were going to be passing the ball and just kind of recognizing what was what was coming. But yes, the, the point still stands that yeah, the Lakers were way, way too careless with the basketball. You can't turn the ball over like that and expect to win a game. 23 turnovers. Uh, this one said, I love watching the live shows, but some of these comments are just delusional. My goodness. Well, that's again, that's the reactionary roller coaster effect of NBA basketball. We lose it's trade. Everybody win. it's, we've got great depth and, and all of that and, and up and down we go. M dread said Mike Brown versus ham. That's why we're, we're one and seven. Oh, in the last eight games or whatever that they played. Well, Mike Brown was the Kings coach last year, but still. I get it. Um, is is I mean, remember at one point Mike Brown was run out of town, what, five games into the Lakers season? That was once upon a time, but still uh, I I that said, I think the Kings have probably looked better than the Lakers have in terms of things that you would point to and say that's a result of coaching. So it's a fair point, but I don't think there's a I don't think the gap is huge between Mike Brown and, and Darvin Ham right now. Like I don't look at Mike Brown and say he's clearly like the best coach in the NBA. I, he's not up there with like Spolstra or something like that. He's good. He's definitely good. And he's done very well with this Kings team. And that's a reason why he's gotten the recognition that he has. Edwards said, why does this man keep bringing up Vando? Like he's all world. Um, Vando's the guy who's out and whose skill set kind of fits with what it is the Lakers have been lacking. He's not a dominant rebounder, but he's going to help you out a little bit on the glass. He's pretty versatile defensively, especially on the perimeter. And that's why I know Edward in particular has had been comparing Cam Reddish to Vando, saying Cam is better than him anyway and doesn't like the idea of Vando coming in and taking any minutes away from Cam. If Cam keeps playing the way he has over the last four games, he's going to play. He's going to get minutes. There's no question. But I don't. I also don't think that we have to downplay the impact of another player just to talk up Someday. I want everybody to be great. I want all the Lakers players to be absolutely fantastic and for the coaching staff to have a hellacious time trying to figure out who to give minutes to because everybody's playing so well. We need better backup bigs. Woods, Wood and Hayes foul too much. I think they need, and I don't know if they'll fix this at any point during the season, but I think they need a true big 
right? I think they need somebody with some size, some physicality. Christian Wood, and we knew that this was the downside of getting Christian Wood. He's not that. He's not a physical presence in the paint. And the same thing is true of Jackson Hayes. As much as we compare Jackson Hayes to JaVale McGee, Jackson Hayes is significantly smaller than JaVale. And that shows. That shows out there. Now, he's also quicker defending on the perimeter, but you don't have that big physical presence in the paint. The Lakers just don't have that on this roster. And so I think you could argue that you could use another backup big with a different skill set. Will the Lakers add that? I think they probably address some other areas first, and it's just going to have to be the thing the Lakers will live with unless there's some kind of a trade. Ignacio says, Reeves is too slow and too weak to guard, need a better perimeter defender. Defense wins championships. Other teams have scouting reports to pester Reeves and he'll crack. Defense, 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 defense. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the reason why maybe you go trade for like an Alex Caruso or somebody like that that you compare next to Austin Reeves to make up for that weakness. And I thought the Kings were being particularly aggressive on the Lakers ball handlers and making those passes difficult. And again, credit to them. But Austin does have to do a bit better in those situations in handling the ball in them if he does want to continue to be in that primary initiator role, which is what he's told us. He said that he's comfortable in that role and that he wants to do that. So he does have to cut down on those turnovers and be a bit better there. I'm happy that we've seen a bit of a bounce back from Austin recently. And obviously the game against the Kings was not necessarily a great example of that, but he's looked more like himself lately. And so hopefully that's a trend that's going to continue and we'll continue moving in a positive direction. Jason Kelly was calling out one of the comments made earlier in the show uh, by, by somebody in the chat. Muhammad said, sports fans have the shortest memory. And again, it's the 24-hour news cycle. One day AD is incredible. The next day, trade him. Pitchforks and all. His production has been good this year. We'll be fine. Yeah, I think it's it's easy to get caught up in the moment and forget that like the night before he had nine points, he had six blocks and dominated Memphis. But then the next night he struggles and everybody's upset and trade him and, and all that kind of stuff. We live in the moment a lot. And again, that's where I tend to fall back on history and remember that you need to take, take a step back and look at the big picture because guys are going to have a lot of fluctuations. That said, it's also frustrating because most stars, them having an off night doesn't mean nine points. Most stars, them having an off night means they score 15 points and they're just not that efficient doing it. It's a big difference. And so that's part of the problem. That's part of why people get so upset because you're not going to see other superstars do that. Go have like a nine point outing. It's not going to happen very often. Jose, convenient how AD was fine yesterday, smacking up Jaron Jackson Jr. He maybe aggravated his hip then. I mean, whatever it was, he definitely looked like he was laboring in the game against the Kings. Hopefully that's not a problem tonight against the Blazers. Edward also said, LeBron, Cam, Vando, Wood, AD can win a chip. I'd be concerned about the shooting. And also you don't have a true... I mean, LeBron is your initiator in that group. And you're asking him to do a lot. Right, at 38, and LeBron has actively campaigned to not have to do that much heavy lifting on the offensive end. That's why the Lakers originally added Dennis Schroeder. It's also why they added Russell Westbrook when they did, because they wanted somebody else that could create. That lineup, hey, if you need a stop or something and you just want size out there, okay, I think you could even run that lineup in stretches, but you run that lineup long-term and you're asking LeBron to do all of the shot creation. And that's where I think it, it kind of falls apart. Nick said, thoughts on D'Lo, Prince, LeBron, AD, Hayes lineup. 
I'll admit I don't like it. I'm not that high on Jackson Hayes. Like he's okay in certain stretches. He has some incredible highlights, but he also makes a lot of mistakes out there. A lot of mistakes. That's that foul on Sabonis that we saw when it was Sabonis had a wide open layup and he just ran over and kind of smacked him in the face for no reason. Gave him an and one. He makes a lot of mistakes. And so I wouldn't be tossing him into the starting lineup. I I think that lineup could work if it's like mid-game or something. You could get a decent stretch from it. But I don't want that to be a lineup that's got the bulk of my minutes or anything like that. Josh said, I'm a Bulls fan. Watch the Lakers tonight. Levine would be a 10,000-time upgrade over Reeves. Not even close. There are levels to this. Levine is an offensive juggernaut. He can be. He absolutely can be. And that's not a question. You know, Zach Levine is a good player. He would certainly, look, if the price was Gabe Vincent in a second, the Lakers would gladly make the trade for, for Zach Levine. Um, but you have to remember, there are there is a cost involved. There's an opportunity cost involved with taking on a contract that goes as long as Levine's contract does for the size that it is and given his injury history and what it is that the Lakers are trying to build. There are a lot of factors that you have to consider. So I'm assuming Josh is saying that because of the reports that the Lakers would not move Austin Reeves in a deal to get Zach Levine. But look, Zach would no question help the Lakers. The question is, though... Does he help overall in the net, both now and in the future, enough to where it's worth surrendering all the stuff that you have to in order to get him? That's really what you have to weigh. If you told me, hey, you can add Zach Levine to the team for free, of course you'd do it. Yes, he's absolutely somebody that can, that can help you win games. If it was a moderate price tag, yeah, for sure. But it's not. He's going to have to be the move that you make. Should he is he that guy? That's that's where Lakers fans have reason to hold on a second, right? When considering whether or not they should trade for Zach Levine. Philly said you can have a third star. They just better be dependable, as in 70 plus games a year, and we don't have that. Therefore, we have to play with depth. It's a good point. The reason why the Lakers went and got depth is to help insulate themselves from games missed by LeBron and by Anthony Davis, which is going to happen. Jose said Demar is LA, not Levine. Um, aka Debo, he loves basketball. He would embrace the culture. We need someone who loves the game, not just good at it. Lamar check or Demar checks both. Yeah, and again, if you can get him at a much cheaper price. Now, there's some questions about fit. There were questions about fit when the Lakers were considering trading for him years ago, and they ultimately got Russell Westbrook instead. So there are some concerns about fit with Demar. But if the price tag is low enough, maybe you can make those fit concerns not matter quite so much the issue with DeRozan versus Levine is the price tag it's going to cost you probably a lot more to get both in terms of salary matching and in terms of assets to get Zach Levine than it will to get DeMar DeRozan and again that's that's got to be a factor in in this discussion <laughs> Edward said he got read twice and he's happy all right so that's our mailbag but Lakers Blazers tonight Will the Lakers trade for a third star? We'll see. Again, I don't expect that. Look, December 15th is the earliest that could happen. January 15th is more likely. And even then, we're probably looking at closer to that February 8th trade deadline. It's when it would actually go down. So, a lot to happen between now and then. A lot of basketball to be played. And tonight, the Lakers, in-season tournament, they take on the Blazers. We'll see what the Lakers can do. Hopefully, because they should win. Hopefully, they go out there and do it get the job done, and 
bank that win, and then we move on to the next one. But Lakers Nation, thank you guys so much for joining me today on the show. Make sure you do subscribe over to the YouTube channel. We are pushing towards half a million subscribers, which is incredible. Help us get there. Hit that subscribe button. And then over on the podcast side, we certainly would appreciate a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.